During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, September 10th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Eddie Lee Jr., and joining me is Tim Ma fucking Gettys. How you doing, Bless? Tim, I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing um, extremely well. You know fucking why? Because a new why? story, number one, if it stays, oh, man. Right, I think it's going to stay on this because a lot of things have happened in the last 15 minutes or so, but... Prince of Persia, baby. Decade of dreams somehow continues. I don't understand it. Even when the world is in shambles, somehow Tim Getty still gets what he wants. It's fucking insane. Somehow Tim Getty, it, it's wild, right? In the same month, we've gotten what? Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which I know well, the Tim dream. I mean, it's not it's not the dream version of 3D All-Stars, but it, it's a version of a Tim And, dream, and you right? know what? No. here's the, I mean, we can talk about this later. Let, let, let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about it later. Get through the rigmarole. Yeah, let's go through it because we have a lot to talk about today. Of course, Ubisoft Ford is coming up later, which we're going to react live to. But I'll talk about that in a second. Today's stories include Prince of Persia making a return, uh, that Scott Pilgrim game possibly making a return, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. And I should point out, it's not 10 a.m. live today. Uh, we're starting early today because we got, a, we got a busy day. And so this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily might be a little bit shorter because we got to wrap up at a certain point. But, of course, it's starting early so you can still get a full episode. If Pretty much you're watching- all the things we're about to talk about now in this show we're gonna yeah. actually see in a couple hours and react exactly. to them properly exactly so the headline of the show is probably gonna be prince of persia but we're probably gonna get full information on that in a couple of hours uh if you're watching live though you can correct us if you get stuff factually wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosteeth.com or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily shout out to kevin kevin actually came through and put uh the remaining screws back in my desk as i understand it though he might be lying to me because he was he was making a lot of jokes as he was doing it kevin was talking mm. about possibly re- re- removing screws from my desk and so this desk could be sturdier it could be it could be uh more fragile i have no idea kevin and find out why don't you stand on and find out you know maybe in a, maybe in an episode where we have more time i might, I might actually do that bit now because i feel more secure sure possibly you know if you're not sure lying you to me in my face way. To be part of the show at the patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show. A housekeeping, as we said earlier, we're live reacting to the latest Ubisoft forward at noon today right here. Uh, again, at noon happening right after I believe we have cool friends, which is happening mm-hmm. right after this. And with so Jack Quaid from the boys. Yeah, really exciting one. Uh, and so stay tuned right after this. Is the boys going to make uh, uh another appearance later in this show as like as, as a reference it might stay tuned a lot happening in the video games industry 
A lot of unexpected things happening in the industry. Some some sad things, and I'll get to that in that news story. Uh, after that, we're doing a huge sponsored Predator Hunting Ground stream today. Uh, Catch is playing four hours starting at 1 p.m. Pacific time right after that Ubisoft 4. That, right, that's right. You're getting a full day of live content right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, also, we heard that some of you guys uh, were using that code from Bespoke Post, and that code wasn't working. That's been fixed, and so I want to let you know that you can now go to all right well he's gone awesome.com there it is your order wait is tim gone who's gone i'm gone you like what happened am i here you froze oh no all right so to to repeat you can go to Bespoke Post or you can go to boxofawesome.com, enter code games at checkout to help support the show and get 20% off your order of course i'm in a new place now still getting settled with the internet i might have to wire in so that stops happening we'll figure it out as we go of course new world order all that good stuff uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Mom and Muhammad, Tom Bach, and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by NZXT and the GG app, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some robotic news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Oh my god. Great. <laughs> Starting with our number one, uh, that Prince of Persia remake seems to be sands of time this is from jordan alleman oh, at ign shit. all right <laughs> yeah cool. ladies and gentlemen it has happened it's happening Prince of persia sands of time is back do i have one of my very few paintings back here dedicated to prince of persia sands of time of course i do of, of course, course i do does. a lot of people have been asking what these are we have mario world over there we have prince of persia over there we have super smash brothers Final Fantasy X, and then Metal Gear Solid 2. All very important games to me, very important franchises to me. Prince of Persia, though, a little out of place with the rest of these. You know what I mean? Prince of Persia, not as big of a deal, but it's a big deal oh, you to wouldn't, me. You wouldn't say so? Less. Prince of Persia, I'd say, is a big deal, right? People love Prince of Persia. Yeah, not on the same level of Metal Gear or Final Fantasy. Okay, fair. But very, here's very the thing. Fair. All these rumors came out of Prince of Persia remake, and I'm just like, I, I can't be still in my heart. I gave up on Prince of Persia anything a couple of years ago. Still wanted it every year at E3, but never expected to actually get it. Then all these rumors started, and I was like, all right, here we go. Then the rumors started that it was probably going to be a remake of the original, the 2D one. And I'm like, we already got a remake of the 2D one, and it was pretty good. Frame rate wasn't great, but like the game itself was pretty good uh, based on the look of the Sands of Time engine that was back on the uh xbox live arcade and um i was like i don't know that we need that i don't want that and then the rumors came that it was going to be a remake of the 2008 prince of persia do you remember this one the nolan north yes. one plus yeah and a lot of people hated on that i would have been fine with that i would have been fine i actually like that game i feel like if they remade it they would actually put the end in the finished game not in dlc and uh, that could be cool. That game has a great art style, and uh, the combat's fantastic. A lot of good going for it. Soundtrack, soundtrack's great, but it's not Prince of Persia: Sands of Time. This is exactly what I wanted, and oh my god, it's actually yeah. happening. Yeah, no, because uh, as far as I understand, right, there are like r- rumors circul- circulating around about what exactly this could be. And I think one of them was, oh yeah, this could be the 2D Prince of Persia, which I don't know as much about Prince of Persia, and so I don't know which ones are the beloved ones versus the ones that people are media or, or like tepid on uh and so sands of time is the one i keep hearing about as being the one that people keep going back to i believe ign gave it like a 9.5 or 9.6 at the time yeah and like that's that's really cool that one they made the right choice or it seems like they're making the right choice of course uh this this report is coming from uh, a small clip that leaked on the russian uplay store which 
if you're going to get Ubisoft news from anywhere, right? Like a Ubisoft leak that's credible for any, from anywhere, it's going to be on the Uplay store. Uh, what also wanna, I also, also want to point out, like Ubisoft, I, I feel for them when it comes to their leaks. Because like, I don't know the last time there was a major Ubisoft game that didn't get leaked. Dude, I was actually thinking about this this morning where uh, I just don't understand what the fuck's going on. I know they have a shit ton of studios, and I know that there's a lot more hands in the cookie jars over there than in a lot of other places. But it's bizarre to think back at any E3 conference ever and to think I, – I feel like we can count on one hand the amount of legit surprises that we've ever seen. Like when Star yeah. Fox showed up at that E3 press conference as part of Starlink, that was like, holy shit, no one saw this coming um the last time i can remember like a huge surprise like that before that was when beyond good and evil 2 made its like return yeah you know like that no that did not leak and nobody fucking expected to the extent that i remember marty sleeve at ign uh said that he would he tweeted out an hour before the conference i will eat my mug if beyond good and evil 2 is shown and then it was fucking shown and it was like holy shit and that tweet got like fucking blown out of proportion but um it's it's crazy how few genuine surprises we ever get at a Ubisoft conference. Yeah, no, and like even this Prince of Persia thing alone, we've known about it for a while, right? Like we've known that they're they're working on some sort of remake. Or maybe not let me let me not say a while. I think it has been only like a few weeks. But this one alone has been leaked in like three different ways because yeah, I'm looking at the IGN story right now. There's the Russian the uh the leak from the Russian Uplay store, right? Where some some of it went up early. Uh you know, there was apparently fans spotted uh Prince of Persia motifs and symbols uh in a piece of promotional art for Ubisoft Ford. And then there was an Amazon UK listing for a prince of persia that was found that's three different ways this thing leaked and And dude that's the thing is i mean imagine being me a young tim gettys and by that i mean yesterday and i'm sitting here taking in all these rumors and just being like be still my heart just i don't i i I was so excited about this i literally explained it all to gia and that says something because she doesn't give a fuck at all she cares about my happiness and i was telling her i was just like look there's a couple ways this is gonna go it's gonna be shown tomorrow but what's it going to be? And I told her the three options. And then I woke up this morning and I rolled over. The first thing I said to her, I was like, the decade of dreams continues. Oh my God. And she kissed me. And I'm living my best fucking life. Things that's are an good. Ama- that's an amazing no, last, story. And in addition to that, last night, I uh, was like keeping up with all this stuff. And then, yeah, I saw that um, the, the Ubisoft forward promotional art. And I saw it. I'm like, that sense of time. I know that fucking puzzle. Holy shit. But I was like, I don't want to get too excited because – that could just be indicative of a franchise. Like it doesn't necessarily mean we're getting a Sands of Time remake. Like that's that's a kind of a leap for me. But then seeing everything we got today, it's like, all right, it's real. Now I will say the leaked stuff on the Uplay store looks horrendous. Yeah, it looks I saw some of the clips. And like I would I know if really I would bad. say horrendous, but it doesn't look like a current gen remake. Like it almost looks like a remaster more than a remake, from what I can tell. And with that, not to go on too long with this, but uh these games were remastered from uh ps2 over to the ps3 back in the day and those remasters weren't that great they didn't run well they shoehorned 3d like the like remember when ps3 was trying to do 3d yeah they shoehorned i remember all that, very that well. into it like it just didn't really work well um and yeah so far this does look like that but daniel amad on twitter was saying and he seems like he's been in the know on this for a while uh he responded to it and he was like don't worry it looks a lot better than this leads okay. you to believe so i'm like okay cool i'm really excited to see later what this could look like but bless we're living in a new world of what remake means like and that to me is such a key thing where in a generation that is two generations past 
remasters just being the norm. We're now using remakes in games titles or just going with the game title, talking about it as a full remake. Like when we have the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, when we have Resident Evil 2, when we have Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Yeah. Like we have some amazing remakes. Final Fantasy 7 remake. Like they yeah, go Shadow above of and, Shadow of Colossus. Exactly. They go above and beyond and kind of look at every single game that I just mentioned and ask what should be done for this game. It's not just a one-size-fits-all uh, situation with these remakes. And that's why the 3D All-Stars thing is such a bummer to me, is this is not what is best for those games, specifically Mario 64. Mm -hmm. But with Prince of Persia Sands of Time, I really want to know what this is. I can't wait to see it, because if I, if I had to say one thing that Sands of Time lacked uh, compared to the, the latter games is its combat. Its combat was not great. Puzzles were amazing. Traversal was amazing. Uh, story and atmosphere, everything amazing. But the combat kind of lacked. So I'm, I'm hoping that they kind of uh, up it a little bit too. Do you, do you think they go in and actually change up mechanics and stuff? Or do you I think hope they just do. A, I, an asset thing? I really, I really hope that this is more of a Resident Evil 2 style remake mm -hmm. than, a, than just a Shadow of the Colossus type. Speaking of things that might appear at this Ubisoft Forward, story number two, Tim, Decade of Dreams. Is the Scott Pilgrim game coming back? Uh, is. This is Darren Bonthews at GameSpot who writes, uh, It's been a decade since Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. The game was released, and for the last six years, the well-received beat-em-up has been missing after it was delisted from the Xbox 360 and PS3 digital stores at the end of 2014. A campaign to bring back the game began gathering momentum in May this year as Scott Pilgrim creator Brian Lee O'Malley, uh, film director Edgar Wright, and the game's soundtrack composer uh, Anamanaguchi all tweeted support for the fan effort. Uh, following that, right, this morning there was a tweet from Edgar Wright who said, uh, quote, ahem, Scott Pilgrim fans might want to keep their eyes peeled on Brian O'Malley's feed later. I shall say no more. And then I, I taking that, right, putting a pin on that, I want to I rewind a month earlier, August 13th, Brian, Brian Lee O'Malley, of course, creator of Scott Pilgrim, tweeted, P.S. Ubisoft has reached out to me. And now, if Tim. I remember correctly, that was uh, the last – that was in reaction to the last Ubisoft Forward where the Ubisoft Forward happened. Brian Lee O'Malley tweeted something to the extent of like, where's Scott Pilgrim? And then this was the response. So yes. I'm, feeling, I'm feeling pretty good, pretty good about it. It's the 10-year anniversary it, it of the movie. Um, the game was, really? was awesome. Yeah. Dude, that's – I can't believe that movie came out 10 years ago. Are you serious? Yeah. That's crazy. Ana Monaguchi killing the game on that soundtrack. So damn good. And again, the gameplay, it is what it is. It's a side scroll of beat em up. And it's not like it's this like revolutionary thing. But that's not what made that game special. It was obviously the art style and the music and the vibe yeah. and the the the, the dialogue the and all the, the the aesthetic. Yeah. Um, maybe not dialogue, but you know, like fun little like things that happen. Yeah. How the story progresses. Um, but I this would be fantastic news. This is a game that deserves to to live and not be dead because of weird licensing things. One of the first uh, Let's Plays we ever did on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games back in 2015 was of this game. So oh, wow. go check that out. Go check that out. Uh, Oliver writes in to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. This is like you can and says, Hi, Blessing Tim. So apparently we're getting some much anticipated Scott Pilgrim news in today's Ubisoft Forward. Director Edgar Wright tweeted out the following this morning. Uh, Scott Pilgrim fans might want to keep their eyes peeled to Brian and Leo O'Malley's feed later. I shall say no more, end quote. The question is, with all the news surrounding Ubisoft, the uh, the Guillermo family, the allusion to a movement like Black Lives Matter as a bad thing in, the, in that trailer, talking about the um, Elite Squad trailer, etc. How can I, 
a fan of Scott Pilgrim, support the franchise I love while being vocal about Ubisoft's iffy practices? Is it hypocritical to be excited about a game from a company you don't necessarily admire? Cheers and have a great day. And to to, to follow up with that, because the Sheep Whisperer uh, writes in with a similar question. On the eve of an of a Ubisoft forward, many are eve? excited. Eve? <laughs> Ooh, on the eves. On the eve of Ubisoft forward, many are excited, but I can't help but to be mellowed by all the recent allegations and firing of prominent members of the Ubisoft staff. Sure, games are going to be great, but they're still marred by the individuals that help lead them. How do we balance these two sides of this coin? And this is an, this is an interesting one because Ubisoft, has, as we all know, have kind of been in hot water over the last few months, right? From the allegations to the Elite Squad stuff uh, to, I mean, pretty much everything in between, right? Like their games being uh, affected essentially, right? By by uh, bad leadership on the editorial team. You know, we got the story about how they were like, hey, nod to a female protagonist for Assassin's Creed because that wouldn't, that wouldn't market well. Like all this stuff has come out about Ubisoft. Tim, for you, how do you come about these two questions, right? How can somebody be vocal about their support for a game in the midst of all of this? And also, how do you balance those two sides of the coin? Um, I mean, it's it's obviously very difficult, very nuanced. I do think that it it is has a lot to do with you. You can be vocal about both things, and I think that you know we've talked about this in so many different ways where it's like we we need to hold all these people accountable. And I, um, bless, do we have on the the show that uh, Eve's put out the that video, the message? I was happening as I think we we're getting started, and so I don't have it on the show. But I well, saw I mean, it. I, I, I didn't have time to, to like check it out. That was, oh, you didn't watch it yet? Damn. No, I hadn't um, watched it yet. Yeah, fuck, this is the problem with these live news shows. But um, yeah, Eves, Eves Gimmo put out a, a video, about a four-minute video on the Ubisoft Twitter, um, kind of addressing these things in, in a way. Is it the best way? Absolutely not. Is it the worst way? Absolutely not. I think that, you know, at least it's being addressed. I think a big question is going to be, is it going to start off the Ubisoft forward later? Or... Do they tweet it out to kind of try to sweep it under the rug and kind of be like, okay, cool, we're addressing this, but we're not addressing it in our commercial, you know? Um, that I, I think it would be a, a real, I don't want to call it a win, but it'd be a good move for them to put this four-minute video in the front of the uh, the forward later to to kind of really kind of reiterate that, no, we're standing by this message and we're not trying to hide from it. Um, I think, think people- the message itself has a lot of, issues go for it plus yeah do you do you do you, i mean do you think people would be down with it coming from Yves Guillemot because i know like i yeah. i know there are like a lot of mixed feelings because i know people there are people that like Yves Guillemot i have no opinion on him because i don't i have not seen much from him um uh, but they're on the other side right there are stories about how uh i forget if his like his nephew or one of his relatives who son. were leading up the, his son yeah that was leading up the Lee squad uh team and that was obviously a thing of nepotism right of him mm-hmm. being able to lead that team despite his experience maybe not lining up with what you'd expect from somebody leading a team and then you get what elite squad is uh do you it, i feel like there's in such a weird predicament because yeah use come on is like the lead of ubisoft and even with him right there are connections to him that are like all right yeah like it's great that you have things to say about what's going on here but do we even do we even want to hear this from you specifically? I mean, look, here's the thing, man. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't, damned if you do anything any which way. I think that uh, no matter how they address this, it's going to face a lot of criticism. And I think that's all valid. I think it's valid criticism. And, and it, there's discussions there always. And I think that uh, personally, I think that the message does need to come from him because he is the man at the top. And I think that 
that is showing that the man at the top is aware of all of this. And that allows us to hold him and the upper management even more accountable than we already have. You know, Mm -hmm. when they're addressing it head on, it's like you can't hide from that when you're the one saying that there is a problem and you know that. But with that comes a lot of things of the criticism of like, well, should it be him? Because it sounds like he's pretty problematic too. And they're not doing anything about him. And what about his son? What about all these, you know, different aspects? But again, that's the conversation that needs to be had. And Ubisoft is a big team, big teams, many teams, teams of teams that are amazing, hardworking people that do not reflect the views of of some some a lot of this bad shit you know and um i think that i mean we've even seen a lot of them kind of rising up and like there's been all the stories of you know like essentially many protests within the company to be like hey no we don't stand by this shit i think that these things are all examples of actions being taken to to counter that and again they're not they're not i think in the the history of ever there's ever been an apology video that nailed it (laughs) Because I think that by mm-hmm. definition, it's kind of like a, a, an apology video is a public thing that you're apologizing to many different people. So what one person's looking for, someone else isn't, you know? So it's like if, if it's an apology to many, if someone accepts the apology, there's going to be thousands of others that don't. And that's fine. But it does put everything in mm-hmm. a in an interesting lens of, cool, so what are people supposed to do? And I see this as a good thing that they are addressing it because Ubisoft could have just went today and not addressed it at all. They're addressing it on the day of the forward. And are they only doing that to save face and because they were pressured into it? Yeah, but they were pressured into it. So that's some motion in a positive direction. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely with that. And uh, to the question of how do you balance both sides of the coin, I think that comes back to uh, a part you just said, right? There are so many people that work at Ubisoft that have no involvement uh with the bad actors there like i know the bad actors that were let go many of them were higher ups uh some of them were not necessarily as high as like being one of the leads of the creative team right but like you know for a company that employs hundreds and hundreds of people you know most of those people hard working and probably want the best best for the product right like there's so many people on the creative teams there that want the best for the product and that work hard and want you to be excited about assassin's creed want you want you to be excited about immortals want you to be excited about far cry 6 order the project may be and for me when i when i when it when it comes to supporting a creative project that has so many hands involved in it i kind of keep that in mind it is very hard for me to to want to protest a thing like that because i know there are good people and passionate people and creative people that that very much do still want your your support. They don't want their hard work to go to waste because of one bad actor or two bad actors or however, however many bad Hundreds actors there may be actors. in this case. It's, yeah, yeah. Man, it's it's very it's it's, it's nuanced so and like, it sucks, man. It's a difficult thing. Yeah, we've talked for years yeah. on kind of funny about separating the artist from the art, and I do think that as time goes on, at sitting here now in September 2020, that it's at an all-time high and I, I have the lowest tolerance for that type of separation where i think that the way that the the discourse has kind of turned and just with where everything's at because there's a reality we're facing right now where every way you turn the world is upside down and with that our views need to change on things and the way that we kind of consume things and think about things has to change and i think in many ways already has changed so so many things that I said before about even like just like supporting artists that have ridiculous views uh, a couple of years ago, I have a different thought on now 
where it's like it's harder it gets harder and harder for me to listen to some artists where i'm like man yeah not only are you not showing growth you are going in a direction i cannot stand by and when it comes to to these type of things where it's like there's these people on top that seem to be making these these horrible decisions or like doing horrible things and there's all the people below them it does get there's an extra layer of complexity of how to deal with it and how to talk about it but i i do think that again these are steps forward there it's not leaps it's not solving the problem by any means but it's ubisoft forward there you go (laughs) um but i really just think that at the end of the day uh it's easy to look at this and be like oh they're just trying to save face yes they are obviously let's move on from that what else was accomplished here what else could be accomplished next? Like, yeah, or we like need make to your stop getting stuck call. in the conversations that are, at least in my opinion, obvious. Yes, mm-hmm. that is exactly what they're doing. <laughs> you know, yeah. but and like, I mean, back to both the questions, right? Like, this is all. This is your judgment, right? This is how you you feel. Everybody's gonna feel different about the responses. Everybody's gonna feel different about how to support a thing, and that is natural, and that is okay. Like when it comes to supporting different artists or separating the artists from the art, right? Like each. I know, I know it, 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 it's difficult to accept because that makes everything so complicated, but each each individual case is going to be treated differently as far as how you feel about a thing, right? Like for me, when it comes to music, it becomes way harder to separate the artist from the art, right? Because I feel like for me, when it comes to even some of my favorite artists over the years, Kanye West was the dude who I, I was biggest Kanye West fan, number Trust one, man. right? And like Kanye West within the last few years has shown the opposite of growth, right? It's been such a weird and tumultuous, tumultuous time when it comes to his um public perception and all these different actions that he has and and all these things that affects how i perceive his music that affects how i perceive his art because like those two things are intertwined with ubisoft right it's kind of that stuff is more separated because we're talking about a game versus music which is probably more personal in terms of the actual content in there um but even still as somebody as us who are in tune with the games industry in tune with the going ons in it you know it those stuff become closer and closer in a way where me playing me playing gods and monsters i might be thinking about some of the stuff that went on in ubisoft right and that's unfortunate but that's the reality of it and it's a case-by-case basis in terms of how do i who how am i going to react to that how is tim going to react to that how is how are the how are the folks that are writing in these questions going to react to that and i don't know if there's necessarily a wrong or right answer because so much of it is so weird and gray and case by case and i think that's okay and i think that's how you got to tackle these things story number three Xbox Game Pass, and this is like a hard shift from the conversation we just had. Uh, Xbox Game Pass uh, for PC is doubling its price. This is from Taylor Lyles at The Verge. Alongside an influx of next-gen console news, Microsoft also confirmed today that it'll be raising the price for Xbox Game Pass for PC from $4.99 per month to $9.99 a month starting on September 17th. Existing members on the introductory price will still pay the same rate through the next billing cycle. So if you subscribe before September 17th, Microsoft will not change the price on you abruptly. Dude, With that, such... Jeff L. from... Hold on real quick. This is such a misleading yeah. headline. Like, uh, misleading is not the, not the, the right word. It, a frame. It's accurate, but it's... Uh, yes, yeah, it's like... Is the, the, it's, sure, technically it is true that Xbox Game Pass for PC is doubling its price, but... The reality is the beta price was $5 and they had always said that the full price is $10. So it's just going out of beta. Like this is just now the full release. So exactly. it's like technically it's true, but like this, this kind of sounds like Xbox is raising the price on something when actually it's just releasing. Exactly. And Jeff L touches on that in his question. Of course, this is Jeff L from Phoenix 
who writes in and says, so Game Pass PC is increasing in price. The initial stories I've seen say it's doubling, which it technically is. However, I got my first month for a dollar and have been fine with the five buck per month introductory price for a while now and will gladly pay $10 to continue. Would have even been would have even before they added EA Play. Seems a lot of people are upset on the internet, at least from the initial responses I've seen. Some seem to think the price increase is due to uh, due to EA, but from the beginning, they have been clear five bucks was the introductory price while it was new to PC. As you all have said on KFGD before, Game Pass is a phenomenal deal. For instance, I got to play Astroneer, then try out the new Battletoads, jump into Forza, and had the new Microsoft Flight Simulator and Crusader Kings the day they came out. Both highly regarded new releases. Plus, I'll get the new Halo and other first-party Microsoft games at release, and they are giving, giving the complete Destiny 2 out later this month. The negativity and surprising hostility this has gotten so quickly has become, in my anecdotal opinion, all too common in any public forum about video games. I guess my question comes to this: Is any slight increase to price for? Uh, is any slight increases to increase the prices for and in video games always going to be met with such aggressiveness? I understand the love and passion and feel the same way. Video games are cool, but there is a trend of the, co- the top comments and discussions being dominated by cost and microtransactions, and anything short of condemnation is met with downvotes and shockingly aggressive comments. It's exhausting in a world that seems to be chaos all around us, and, and all I want to do is go and talk about video games, something I enjoy to escape. Instead of the anger, instead the anger and negativity I'm trying to avoid seems to be seeping deeper into every corner of my favorite thing. Maybe I'm projecting or it's my own depression twisting things, or maybe it's just due to the crazy times. But at the end of the day, video games are supposed to be fun, and I feel like, and I like to have fun talking about them in detail, and it hurts to see so many people negative about something I love so much. Thanks for reading my question, and stay safe out there. Jeff L. from Phoenix. That was a lot, Tim, but mm-hmm. to rewind it back to the to the key question from this write-in, is any sort of slight increase in price going to be met with aggressiveness? Yes. Yeah. It always I mean, has I, been, and it yeah. always will be. You know, a, a funny thing happened to me. Like, I feel like growing up, you always have key moments in your life where you you kind of look ahead into your future and it, it's hard to imagine being a certain age like right now it's like i can't imagine being 60 years old you know like back when i was uh uh in in elementary school i couldn't imagine being a teenager you know and there's the there's an age you're like oh my god i'm old and i remember a lot of people leading up to me turning 30 a lot of my friends were just like oh my god i can't believe i'm turning 30 and i was like i don't give a shit this is awesome like that like that's fine 31 was a weird one for me where it hit and I was just like, oh my God, like this feels like a new era. Like 31 is like a different phase. And I think that's a personal thing to everyone. The reason I bring this up is something happened. I turned 31 and I just like look at things differently. Like looking at all this stuff, it's like I just take so much of this criticism, so much of this this anger and stuff and I just look at it and I'm like, all right, this is going to happen no matter what. What can I take from it? What can I take from anything people are saying whether it's troll bullshit or like actual you know nuanced thought and i think that a, a big thing a big revelation i had and this all should be obvious stuff but it's it's hard when it's being lobbied at you or around you in this case of the industry but when you have conversations with these fanboy wars that are going on anything can be weaponized and your words will be taken every which way andy posted a tweet a couple days ago uh, that was criticizing his thoughts on the uh, on, on Avengers, and one person's calling him a sellout fanboy, and the other person was calling him like uh, a hater, whatever. And it's like that's just 
that's how this is all going to go down. That's going to happen with every single thing as long as more people get voices and more people are entitled to those voices. And that's what the internet is. And the internet is so intrinsically tied to gaming culture that that's not going to go away. And there's an entitlement to it. And I'm not even going to say that entitlement is not earned. It kind of just is what it is. And we've all kind of grown into it. So when something happens, people are going to have thoughts. Bless you and I sitting here on Kind of Funny Games Daily. We're not the only people entitled to have thoughts about video games. For sure. You know? Yeah. And like that's people treat it that way, which is weird. And and but and and that's the weirdest thing. But it's like they also everyone goes out and like they all have their opinions, and like their opinions are just as valid as ours in a lot of ways. People listen to us and are allowed to have opinions on our opinions, and that keeps going, and that's gonna continue to keep going. I'm saying a lot right now, but I the point that I'm trying to make is yeah. There's always going to be aggressiveness because there's always going to be people with aggressive opinions. Yeah. And I, I, I think especially when you look at the Internet and the way the Internet is framed and algorithms and all that, all that stuff, it is going to be the most vocal people that rise to the top. And so when you talk about like the, the comments, I know Greg has always talked about the vocal minority and there is there is truth in, in that. If I'm watching a, a thing or if I hear a piece of news, right, if I hear that Xbox is raising the price of Game Pass for PC and like as fine of a thing that is for the context that was given for it if i'm angry about it and i vocalize that that then means that other people who either identify with that or see that and feel like they should identify with that are going to raise that to the top and thus creating this level of toxicity that that always rises to the top right toxicity is like heat like it will all it will always rise to the to the, the top of the comments uh because that's how that's how it works right that's how the 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 the, the quote-unquote vocal minority works right or not even the vocal minority just the folks who are vocal uh about things right that the, that most people might not even care about uh that's and, how and things that's, are naturally that's mm. that's what you just said is a really good point and like man we are running out of time today is too busy a stupid ass day with so much shit to talk about exciting stuff but like damn it this sucks that we don't have too long because like i do i do there's a conversation to be had that like i have made a, a, a big effort to stop ever saying vocal minority. I think that that's a thing that does not exist anymore. It did exist in internet 3.0 seven years ago, but it, things have changed. The internet, the world has changed. And what you just said about uh, the, 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 the heat rises at the top, all that stuff. It's like, that's just about pe- people being vocal. I think that uh, they're not necessarily a minority anymore. And I think that there is a lot of positivity also being spewed. <laughs> about um but still it's the toxic shit it's the it's it's things that you disagree with that rise up because more people are talking about that look at any reddit thread ever the moment there's controversy that's what everyone's talking about like life is fucking reality tv like that's all that that it is when it comes to yeah and i maybe like a better a better term for it might even be like the vocal polarization right like it's the polar it's the polarizing sides to things that will get raised the top and that's just the naturality of it uh as unfortunate as that is because i feel like yeah a lot of nuance gets lost in that a lot of the true conversations that are happening get lost in that uh and that's kind of that's kind of the order of things and so yeah people are going to get angry about about prices and it's on us to be like all right do we see value in that do we agree with that do we disagree with that all right how do i feel cool move on uh and that's how things go speaking of moving on though i gotta move in to sponsors of course this show is brought to you by uh nzxt you can go to kind of slash 
Patreon uh, to get the show ad free. Uh, Tim, do you actually want yeah. to tell us about NZXT BLD? Because I, I I think this is one of this is one of the ones that you're excited about. Yes, definitely. Uh, this episode is brought to you by NZXT BLD. Uh, brought to you by them and their new six hundred and ninety nine dollars NZXT starter PC. It's a perfect first gaming PC that is well rounded for school and work. Uh, it's beautiful as well. Great gaming performance at a competitive price point. The NZXT starter makes achieving 60 plus frames per second on popular games like Fortnite, Rainbow Six Siege, League of Legends, a breeze. Easily upgradable so your PC can grow as your needs change. All backed by a two-year warranty and a first, uh, FPS, not first-person shooter, one more time. Frames per second, <laughs> guarantee for peace of mind on reliability and performance. Learn more at www.letsbld.com. For a limited time, you can use the code KFG for a free NZXT puck with purchase on an NZXT pre-built system like the brand new NZXT $699 starter PC. Uh, the NZXT puck must be added to your cart before you purchase for the discounts to apply. Again, check out NZXT's new starter PC series. It's an excellent first gaming PC. There's a link in the description or go to letsbld.com and use code kfg um andy and i've been using our nzxts for a while now i absolutely love it i finally set mine up and uh, using it and it is just chef's kiss chef's beautiful. kiss oh my um, goodness i, I can also, tell people- go for it oh well i mean i was gonna go into the the, the next sponsor unless you want to you want to tell us about that I will. I will. Okay, this, is a, this is another thing here. So um, this is actually an interesting sponsorship opportunity. Um, multiple best friends involved in this. Uh, the, the person that designed this app uh, is actually a best friend. But there's also a group of best friends uh, uh, led by Eric Brudanos that um, are have been a big fans and supporters of this app and using it in the community. And I think it's a really cool thing. Barrett's been using it for a long time. And I was like, you know what? I want to give this thing a shout out because it's actually really damn cool. Um, this is the GG app. You can go to ggapp.io slash kind of funny games to, to see all this. Kev, if you could actually bring this up, that'd be pretty cool. I'm just going to read the, the, the what they wrote for me because they, they did a good job. They know what they're talking about. There's an overwhelming amount of games coming to us every day. One thing we all have in common is spending way too much time trying to keep track of them all. What's in my backlog? What should I play next? What are my friends playing? Uh, the great news is that GG is a website and mobile app that fills that void. GG helps you crush your backlog. You can organize your collection any way you want and make lists or rankings that are easy to share. Think of it as letterboxed for video games. Kev, you've been using Letterboxd, right? You didn't hear me, but when you said that, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because uh, being able to track uh, what you're watching, what you're playing, those, like, it's crazy how, like, especially for what we do, it's so helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, scroll down. Anyway, did you go to the, the, the kind of funny link that I talked no. about? Uh, go to ggapp.io slash kindoffunnygames, please. Thank you. GG's developed by Charles Watson, a kind of funny best friend and one-man team. He's working nonstop to add features, engage the community, and keep GG 100% ad-free for everyone. Because there are no ads, GG's supported completely by the elite tier members, many of whom are kind of funny best friends. The elite tier unlocks extra features such as adding a backdrop picture to your profile, pinning reviews and lists to your profile, fading games completed from your list, tracking percentage of games completed, and more. Now's the perfect time to add Persona 5 to your completed games like Greg never could. Or check out Barrett's top 50 games of all time and wonder how he could rank Donkey Kong 64 over The Last of Us Part 2 or Ocarina of Time or Red Dead Redemption or well, the list keeps going. What are you even doing, Barrett? 
I love that they wrote this. They they just know. But you can see here, bless the the list. They have your they have every game of the year kind of fun he's ever had. Oh my that's god, that's awesome. They have the the, the place the minute, PS I love you list you guys League? have been doing. Um, anyways, very cool stuff. Uh, to sign up and rep the kind of funny flag, go to www.ggapp.io slash elite and use the code KFBF40 to get 40% off a lifetime discount on your elite subscription and keep an eye out on Twitter for special features just for the best friends. Again, ggapp.io slash elite and use the code KFBF40 to get a 40% off lifetime discount on your elite subscription. Very cool stuff. It's a huge discount. That's great. That's awesome. Story number four, uh, we have an Epic v. Apple update. Of course, the, this is this is the ever-going ever, ever going battle, right? The battle between Titans, Epic, and Apple we've been talking about. It. And there's always going to be updates about this until we get that final verdict, until Epic finally wins, and we get Fortnite everywhere for free with free updates and all that stuff. I don't know if that's how it works. But uh, as an update to, to the, uh, as an update we have right now, Apple has gone on the full offensive. This is from Alex Calvin at gamesindustry.biz. Apple has filed a countersuit against Fortnite maker Epic Games and the duo's ongoing legal drama. In a filing with the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California Oakland Division, the App Store giant has dismissed Epic's case as, quote, nothing more than a basic disagreement over money, end quote. Apple went on to say that Fortnite, an Unreal Engine creator, wants, quote, to pay nothing for the tremendous value it has received from being on the App Store, end quote. The iPhone maker also alleges that Epic boss Tim Sweeney wrote to Apple execs on June 30th, 2020, asking that his company be exempt from its existing contractual obligations for the App Store. This included the 30% platform fee that developers on Apple's platform pay, uh, of which Sweeney has long been a vocal opponent. Sweeney also apparently asked that the game uh, that his company be allowed to distribute its own competing Epic Game Store application on the App Store. As a related follow-up to this story, Fortnite users will now will, will not be able to use Apple's official sign-in system from September 11th onwards, Epic Games has confirmed. The withdrawal of the sign-in with Apple system is another outcome of the current legal dispute with Epic. The Fortnite publisher is, is advising players who use the system on how to retain access to the game after the September 11th deadline of course that's tomorrow and so if you use the sign in with apple uh feature on Fortnite on iphone might want to look in uh to how to change that um but yeah this is the ever going battle between titans man and right now it seems like it seems like apple has a lot of leverage which is not Mm. surprising because they're apple but still interesting to watch epic kind of you know still throw blows and and try to hang in there and try to make change happen despite the odds not necessarily being totally in their favor yeah there you go little hunger games action emperor mito says the pissing contest continues and that's exactly Exactly. uh we'll see how how this all goes uh real quick this is a a not professional thing to do but here we are kind of funny kev Uh, it's about to be 1030 and I don't when we have we have cool friends with like big deal people like Jack Quaid I don't want to mess this up but I want to keep the show going what are our options Kev uh, Kevin's sticking real hard I even if we have to just cut and like I'm sorry live people but you guys would yeah. much rather Jack I can I can legit rush through story number five in the out today and get and us out of here Barrett, in, in four minutes Barrett and run then, the rest and then cool Greg stitch it all together Okay. Does that make sense? Like I, we, I, I, we could, I could get us through to new dates in probably four minutes flat, and then we can go to the post show. Let's do that. Okay. All right. Uh, last story, story number five. No more heroes has been delayed uh, to 2021, and my heart has been broken. Tim, 
I'm really excited to see the final the, the final product of No More Heroes 3, but that apparently is so far away now. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Do, 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 yeah. Out today, we got MO Astray for Switch, Bounty Battle for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, Hotshot Racing for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, Wintermore Tactics Club for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Bacon Switch for Switch, Other Side for Switch, Vampire the Masquerade Shadows of New York for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, Minoria for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, Tamarin for PS4, PC, Tin and Kuna for Switch, Tomoyo After, It's a Wonderful Life, CS Edition for Switch, Space Robinson for Switch, The Snake King for Switch, The Leveled for Switch, Death in Taxes for Switch, Adventures of Pip for Switch, Redneck Ed, Astral Monster Show for PC, Hungry Horus for PC, As Far as the Eye for PC, A Monster's Expedition for PC and Apple Arcade, and then new double rewards await in GT Online players this week. And then there's a Grindstone update. Uh, the latest update brings a new daily grind mode, the Quick Grind. Uh, and then the Unfinished Swan comes out for PC and iOS, and that's actually pretty exciting because I didn't know about that. Uh, new dates for you, Bartlow's Dread Machine Arcade Shooter will launch September 29th for PC and Xbox One. Episode 3 of Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk Night City Wires coming to, is coming September 18th at 6 p.m. Uh, CEST. Atomic Crops launches on Steam and GOG.com September 17th. Cyberhook hits PC uh, September 24th. The Survivalist is launching on consoles and PC on October 9th uh, and coming soon exclusively for mobile on Apple Arcade. And then Unmemory is uh, is a creative and original love, is, is a creative and original story in the style of Another Lost Phone and Bury Me My Love. It comes to PC, Google Play, and the App Store on October 5th. October, sorry, I scrolled. 13th? Yeah, October 13th. It's time funny.com slash you're wrong. We write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, and it looks like we got nothing wrong. Look at us. We're straight up killing it today. Uh, tomorrow's hosts for the show are me and Greg. And of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Uh, each and every weekday we're live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So, Stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. Good shit. <laughs>